اعوذ باللہ من الشیطان الرجیم بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم جز نمبر Both are correct pronunciations. Mujadila means the woman who disputes, the woman who fights. And Mujadala means the dispute. Both are correct. The surah is called Mujadala or Mujadila because the first ayah mentions the situation of the woman who came disputing or she disputed with the Prophet ﷺ concerning her family situation. And she didn't give up and she turned to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah revealed a solution for her. Mujadila or Mujadala, this is the beginning of juz number 28. And remember that juz number 28, it has nine surahs in it, all of which are Madani. So this surah is also Madani. We see that the juz begins with the mention of Mujadila, And the juz ends with the mention of some women also. And throughout this juz, we will see many verses which talk about issues that deal with family situations or personal struggles. Personal struggles. And the thing is that when you are striving in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you have to deal with your family also. Many times our tests are not with the outsiders. Our tests are with who? Our own children, our own spouse, our own parents, our own loved ones. And then we see extremes that either a person will give up on you know, their deen just to please their family, or a person will go to the other extreme, which is that they will completely ignore their family in order to pursue their own goals. So in Surah Al-Hadid, we learn a beautiful balance that you have to make akhirah your goal, live by the deen, And you have to use the tools that Allah has given you. And remember that when it comes to our family, when it comes to our relationships, even they are a tool. They are a means that Allah has provided us with. Not to torture us with, not to hinder us, but to strengthen us. And our test is to use these tools in the right way. So Surah Al-Mujadila, we see that this is a very... unique surah also in that every single verse of the surah mentions the name of Allah. Every single verse of the surah mentions the name of Allah. And you will see why as soon as we look at the first ayah. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ Allah has certainly heard. He has already heard. قَوْلَ الَّتِي The word of the woman who, Tujadiluka, she was disputing with you, O Prophet ﷺ. What was she disputing about? Fi zawjiha, concerning her zawj, concerning her husband. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala heard the plea of the woman who came arguing with you about her husband. And she argued with you But you didn't have an answer for her. So what happened? And she was complaining to Allah. And when she complained to Allah, Allah heard her. 
وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ And Allah was listening to تَحَوْرَكُمَا The conversation of both of you. Meaning the conversation that happened, the argument that happened, the discussion that happened, Allah heard it. إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ بَصِيرٌ Indeed Allah is hearing and He is basir, He is seeing. We see many important words in this ayah. First of all, I want you to look at the word سَمِعَ قَدْ سَمِعَ Allah has heard, already heard, certainly heard. And we see that Allah says, وَاللَّهُ يَسْمَعُ تَحَاوْرَكُمَا Allah was listening to your conversation. And then, إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيعٌ Allah is indeed hearing. Three times, summer has been used for who? For Allah. Allah heard her. Allah was listening to you. Allah is ever hearing, always listening. There is not a word. There is not a plea. There is not a request that is not heard by Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hears. Our most inner, our most secret and private and intimate discussions even, and cries even, Allah hears it. Then I want you to look at the word tujadiluka. Tujadiluka from jidal. Jidal is to dispute. It's from the word jadal. And jadal is to twist a rope firmly. To twist a rope firmly. Because if it's not firmly twisted, then it's not strong enough, it's not good enough. It's gonna open up, it's gonna break, and it's not going to fulfill the purpose that it's being used for. A rope is used for tying things, and if it's not made strongly, then it's useless. So, jidal is to strongly dispute with someone. Strongly dispute. Very powerfully. Very confidently, without the intention of giving up, meaning you have no intention of giving up. You came to win. You came to make a point. And every time somebody says something to you, you have an answer for them. So jidal is an argument with the purpose of convincing the other person. And such an argument takes a long time. And this is why jidal is also used for a dispute that has prolonged. That has prolonged. It's not a discussion that happened for like two minutes or three minutes. No, it went for a long time. An hour, two hours. Just like a rope, as you twist it firmly, what happens? It becomes long. So jidal also is an argument that has taken a long time. So, قَدْ سَمِعَ اللَّهُ قَوْلَ الَّتِي تُجَادِلُكَ Now here, there came a woman who was disputing with who? With you, O Prophet ﷺ. And she was arguing, fighting about what? About فِزَوْجِهَا About her husband. Her husband had done something. And she was not happy with that. She didn't like it. She felt used. So she came to the Prophet ﷺ demanding some justice because the Prophet ﷺ was also their leader. So any case, even if it was a family problem, who would decide? The Prophet ﷺ. So she came to him seeking a solution, but what happened? He didn't have a solution for her. So she turned to who? وَتَشْتَكِي إِلَى Allah. She complained to Allah. Tashtaki is from shakwa. And shakwa is to complain about one's case about the weakness of one's condition. Basically, the word shakwa is used for the opening of a small water skin. Think of a water bottle. 
not a clear one. All right. Think of something, let's say that's made of metal. And it's not see-through. You cannot see inside. The only way you can find out what's inside is from where? The opening, the mouth of the bottle, right? So shakwa is the opening of the small water skin. Why? In order to show what is inside. Our hearts are like water skins. They're like bottles, aren't they? People don't see from outside what we have bubbling, simmering inside, do they? They have no clue. So shakwa is to open your heart up a little bit to let the other person have an idea of what pain and suffering you have inside. This is shakwa. So she was complaining to who? Of her hurt and her grief and her sorrow and her weakness. She was complaining to Allah. And Allah heard that the hawr, the hawr of both of you. The hawr is from hawra, hawr. And hawr is to return. Allahumma inni a'udhu bika min al-hawri ba'da al-kawri. That, oh Allah, I seek your protection against hawr ba'da al-kawr. You gave kawr, kawr as in you wrapped up, as in you assembled, you gathered together my affairs. So I seek your protection from returning to my previous condition. You guided me, I seek your protection from returning to my previous condition. Don't let me go back to where I was. So this is hawr. And tahawr is to return answer for answer. Dialogue, conversation, discussion. Because she would say something to the Prophet ﷺ and he would say something to her in response. But every time he gave an answer to her, was she satisfied? No. She would bring something else up. And then he would give her an answer. And then she would say something else. And then he would give her an answer. And then she would say something else. So this went on for quite some time. إِنَّ اللَّهَ سَمِيرٌ بَصِيرٌ Indeed, Allah is hearing and knowing. And remember, Samir, when used for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, what does it mean? That He hears. That He listens to His servant. And that He responds to His servant. And He's basir. He watches them. Now we learned that before Islam, the Arabs, they would pronounce, the men, they would pronounce permanent irrevocable divorce is a divorce after which the two cannot come together. Right? We have learned about the law of divorce earlier in the Quran that we learned that at-talaqu marratan. Talaq is twice. Meaning revocable divorce is twice. So if a man would say the words of divorce to his wife for the third time, what does that mean? They're not getting back together. Unless something else happens. Right? We're not going to go into the detail of that. So, Here, we learned that the Arabs, they had a a certain way of pronouncing irrevocable divorce, permanent divorce. Meaning, if they said the statement to their wife, that meant that their marriage was annulled forever. They could never get back together. They could never get back together. This is not legislated by Islam. This was their culture. This was their law. This was pre-Islam. And what was that statement? The man would say to his wife, Anti ummi. You are to me like the back of my mother. Meaning just as no physical relationship can ever be imagined between me and my mother, it's inconceivable. Just like that, you are unlawful to me. You are unlawful to me. Meaning we can never be together. Never. I will never touch you. 
So these words, we learn that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed concerning these words in Surah Al-Ahzab, ayah number two. Where Allah says that, مَا جَعَلَ اللَّهُ لِرَجْلٍ مِّنْ قَلْبَيْنِ فِي جَوْفِهِ وَمَا جَعَلَ أَزْوَاجَكُمُ اللَّائِ تُظَاهِرُونَ مِنْهُنَّ أُمَّهَاتِكُمْ And this way of divorcing was known as ظِهَار because it's from ظَهْر. أَنْتِ عَلَيَّكَ ظَهْرِ أُمِّي Allah said in Surah Al-Ahzab that those women, meaning your wives, to whom you pronounce ظِهَار to, they don't become your mothers. Just because you say to your wife that you are to me like my mother, that doesn't make her your mother. Now this was the only thing that was revealed concerning this situation. No ruling was given. In the sense that if a man were to say these words to his wife, then what would happen to their marriage? All right, No ruling was given concerning this issue. So an incident happened. And what is that incident? We find it mentioned in the books of Hadith. Aisha radiallahu anha narrated it because she was a witness to this incident. We see that the woman, the mujadila, she herself narrated this incident. In a hadith, we learned that Aisha radiallahu anha, she said that blessed is he whose hearing has encompassed all things. Allah, whose hearing has encompassed what? Everything. She said, I heard what Khawla bint Thalaba said. So this woman who came to dispute was who? Khawla bint Thalaba. She said, I heard what she said, while some of it I could not hear. Because she came to the house of Aisha radiallahu anha because the Prophet ﷺ was there at that time. And this jidal, this tahawur, it happened in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. And remember, the house of Aisha radiallahu anha was how big? How huge was it? It was very tiny, very small. So this woman, she came and she's talking to the Prophet ﷺ. Aisha radiallahu anha says, I was in the same room. I caught some of the conversation and some of it, I didn't catch it. I don't know what happened. Meaning, I didn't hear it. But she said, Allah heard it. She was complaining to the Prophet ﷺ about her husband. And she said, Oh Allah's messenger, my husband, he spent my wealth. He spent my wealth because in marriage this happens. A wife, many times, she will give her money to her husband. Right? Whatever she has. She says, we're together. We have a family, you use it. So she said, he spent my wealth, he exhausted my youth, and my womb bore abundantly for him, meaning I gave birth to so many children for him. And when I have become old, and I am unable to bear any children, meaning there's no hope that anybody will marry me now, I'm an old woman, he has pronounced lihar on me. So the husband of Khawla said these words of lihar to her. So she came to the Prophet ﷺ and she wanted to know what would be the future of her marriage. Does it mean that this is permanent divorce or is there any hope of both of them getting back together? So the Prophet ﷺ, he just said that, fear Allah regarding this, I have nothing for you. Because nothing was revealed concerning this. And the Prophet ﷺ would not make up anything himself. Because he would only follow revelation. Remember, he would not make anything up in religion. And when it comes to the customary traditional practices, remember that they were accepted as long as they did not contradict anything from Islam. So anything that regarding which there was no ruling, it was accepted. So lihar, I mean, technically this would mean that her marriage was annulled. 
But she didn't think it was fair. I mean, who would think it's fair? That one day, a man just gets super angry with his wife and he says, Anti ummi, And finished. Everything finished. Forever. That relationship is finished. Is that fair? It's not fair to her. So she complained to the Prophet wasallam, and he didn't have an answer. In another narration, we learn that Khawla, عنها, she said that, O Messenger of Allah, he, meaning my husband, has consumed my youth and I split my belly for him. Meaning this is the condition of my womb, that it's all torn up now. Look at my body. It's all torn up now. I have given birth to so many children with him. I have lived my life with him. He has consumed my youth. And when I have grown old, he has declared lihar on me. And she said, Oh Allah, I complain to you. Oh Allah, I complain to you. And she just kept saying this. Oh Allah, I complain to you. I complain to you about what? About the situation, that this is not fair. That he has used me. He has been unfair to me. I seek justice from you, O Allah. So what happened? She was talking to the Prophet ﷺ and she was complaining to Allah when these verses were revealed. And look at how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala acknowledges a few things over here. Firstly, the fact that Allah heard her. Allah heard her. There are so many women whose complaints, whose pleas, nobody cares about. Those women can rant, they can be upset, and they will be justified in what they express, in the anger that they're expressing. They're justified, but nobody cares about them. What do we learn from this ayah? If you're a victim, if you have been abused in any way, Allah hears you. He will hear you. Because the dua of the Muslim, the dua of the oppressed, the supplication of the oppressed is not far from being accepted. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He pays special attention to the dua of the oppressed. Then we see over here that this woman, she didn't just accept the abuse that was done to her. She stood up for herself. She stood up for herself. I'm sure there are many women at that time. I mean, if this was a customary practice, such that verses were revealed concerning it, it must have been prevalent to some extent. But this woman, she didn't just accept it. That her husband said lihar to her. She went to the right source. She went to the Prophet ﷺ seeking an answer. And when he didn't have it, she turned to Allah. Tashtaki ilallah. She was discussing her issue with Rasulullah, but she was complaining to Allah. And this is what we have to remember. That when we discuss our problems with other people, whether it's a counselor, or an imam, or a therapist, or a parent, or a teacher, whoever it is. Remember, we can discuss things with them. But realize that the solution will come from who? Allah and only Allah. Because she went to the Prophet ﷺ. Did he have an answer for her? No, he did not. He did not. And you see how in this situation what happened? The man, he took advantage of the prevalent custom, right? He used it against his wife. And many times it happens that people will use the law. They will use even the Qur'an to abuse women, to deprive them of their rights. 
Right? This happens. Very common. But what do we learn? That even if someone is misusing the law to abuse you, they cannot go anywhere if Allah grants you success. Because Allah will create a situation for you in which your relief will come. In which He will create a way out for you. So, tashtaki ilallah. She was complaining to Allah. And look at the persistence that she didn't give up. The Prophet ﷺ said, I don't have an answer. But she didn't say, okay, fine. That's it. This is my fate. Right? She wanted good for herself. She complained to Allah and she asked Allah for an answer, for a solution. And Allah sent it for her. Allah revealed an entire surah. And we need to complain to Allah also. We complain to people, but we don't complain to Allah. What does it mean by complaining to Allah? Complaining to Allah means that you express before Him your state of weakness and helplessness. Even though He knows already. I mean, who knows us better than Allah? Nobody. He already knows about our weakness, about our helplessness, about the abuse that is being done to us. But you complain to Allah, meaning you express your weakness in front of Him. You talk to Him about the oppression that is done to you. Why? In order to invite His Rahmah, His mercy. Look at this woman. She said, Oh Allah, I complain to you. Oh Allah, I complain to you. We all have heard about stories of women who have been abused in their relationships. Right? Whose wealth has been taken advantage of. Whose youth has been taken advantage of. Whose children have been taken advantage of. And these women, they are left helpless. Alone. Just to cry. And live in their pain. Nobody can even do anything to help them. Because apparently the legal system does not have something to help them. Because the other person who's abusing them used the legal system to abuse her. So now what is she supposed to do? Where is she supposed to go? Religion is being used to abuse women. You know, this surah is amazing. Mujadilah. It's as if the struggle of women for their rights is being validated over here. Mujadilah. The woman who disputes for her rights, she fights for her rights because stories of women being abused, they're not just a thing of history. They're not just a thing of Eastern countries. This is in the East, in the West, where women are abused in different ways. But what does the surah teach us? Your salvation, your success comes from who? The one who can really hear your pleas. And who is that? Allah. Wallahu yasma'u tahaburakuma. So this woman went to the right source for help. And we need to do the same thing. Because Allah sees us. He hears us. He knows our condition. And He cares for us more than anybody else. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, وَمَا اخْتَلَفْتُمْ فِيهِ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَحُكْمُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ Anything that you differ in, then its hukum should be referred to who? To Allah. This is not just religious matters. This is also worldly matters. Any problem... Refer to Allah. He will create a way out for you. He certainly will. We see over here that a discussion like this is happening in the house of Aisha radiallahu anha. And Aisha radiallahu anha, what did she say? I didn't hear all of it. I didn't hear all of it. 
What does this teach us? Two things. Firstly, the fact that Khawla radiallahu anha, where she was complaining about her situation and she was fighting for her rights, she wasn't making noise. She wasn't creating a scene. Because if she was creating a scene and if she was being loud and she was screaming, Aisha radiallahu anha would definitely hear her. Isn't it so? What does this teach us then? That if we ever are in a situation where we have to take our problems to somebody and discuss them, let's not create a scene. Yes, it's natural to cry and it's natural to feel upset, but let's not create a scene. The more calm and composed you are, the more logical you can be. And the more clearly you can think. Secondly, look at Aisha anha. She's not taking interest in what's going on between Khawla and her husband. How curious we are about the problems of other people. Aisha anha, she says, I heard part of it, I didn't hear part of it. Then we also see that she came to the Prophet wasallam, and she's talking, but her complaint is directed to who? To who? To Allah. Her complaint is directed to Allah. And this is what we need to remember also. That many times, people that we discuss our issues with, they can just be listeners. They can be empathetic. They can cry with us. They can say things like, I feel for you, I really feel bad for you, and this should not happen. And, you know, they want to help you, but they're not able to help you. They're not able to help you. Many times in relationships, you know, where you have a problem with your spouse, for instance, the husband doesn't care about the wife. I mean, you could go to the counselor, to a marriage therapist, and they could say that your husband needs to do this and he needs to do that. Well, if the husband doesn't even want to come to therapy, he doesn't even want to come and discuss the issue, what good is that? You understand? Many times, people that we go to for help are just listeners. They're just silent observers. They really cannot do much. They don't have much power to change our situation. Who is it that can change our situation? It is Allah. And notice how Allah says, He heard. He was listening. He is ever hearing. So direct your complaints to who? To Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And be firm and confident. The Prophet ﷺ said that when one of you makes a supplication to his Lord, he should not say, Oh Allah, grant me pardon if you wish. Oh Allah, forgive me if you want. Oh Allah, you know, make this easy for me if you wish. Don't make dua like that. He said one should beg his Lord with a will and full devotion. Because there is nothing too great in the eyes of Allah which He cannot give. There is nothing too big for Allah which He cannot give. So how are you asking? The Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ الدُّعَاءَ يَنْفَعُ مِمَّا نَزَلَ وَمِمَّا لَمْ يَنْزِلْ Dua certainly benefits against that which has already happened and that which has not yet happened. Dua will benefit you with regards to the problems you suffered in your past and the problems you may suffer in your future. فَعَلَيْكُمْ عِبَادَ اللَّهِ بِالدُّعَاءَ So you must, you must adhere to dua, O servants of Allah. You are Allah's servants. Who else are you going to ask? Who else are you going to turn to? The Prophet ﷺ said, إِنَّ اللَّهَ رَحِيمٌ كَرِيمٌ Indeed, Allah is merciful 
and generous, most generous. He is merciful. He has mercy towards you like no one else. And He is generous to you like no one else. رَحِيمٌ كَرِيمٌ يَسْتَحِي مِنْ عَبْدِهِ أَنْ يَرْفَعَ إِلَيْهِ يَدَيْهِ ثُمَّ لَا يَضَعُ فِيهِمَا خَيْرًا Allah is shy. He doesn't like it that His servant should lift his hands up asking Allah and then Allah would not place anything good in them. No, Allah will definitely put something good in those empty hands. The Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ لَمْ يَسْأَلِ اللَّهَ يَغْضَبْ عَلَيْهِ Whoever does not ask Allah, Allah becomes angry with him. That here you are, running towards this person and that person, that imam and that counselor. Why aren't you coming to me? Why aren't you coming to Allah? Why aren't you asking him? What can people give you? How can they help you? So ask Allah, just like this woman did. And be amazed at the ways that Allah will open for you.